Wrestling Geeks Superstars at the WWE. That is crashing. And I don't know anymore what to do about what's going on with NXT and WWE. Hello, my name is Dane Alves, and I and my co-host Christopher Brother Ray Patton will be talking about the crashing that is NXT, the fucking drowning that was 205 Live, and what the hell is going on with WWE. On this episode of Wrestling Geeks Alliance. Um, you're fired edition. Chris, you're here with me. Yeah, luckily I have not been released by uh, Wrestling Geeks Alliance or Geek Vibes Nation, so I'm here today. You're fired, by the way. This is your last uh, episode. Clock uh, out and go home. Damn it. You want me to sign a contract extension until after SummerSlam? Sure, sure. We'll do that. We, I could use you uh, okay. for that episode. Oh, man. I, I mean, honestly, I know that was a little bit dramatic. I was trying to go for, like, one of those, like, stock, you know, fucking television shows. Uh, stock market shows, I guess you could say. But, uh, Chris, what the fuck is going on, man? I, the, it's on fire. The world's on fire, dude. <laughs> fuck it, we'll do it live, I guess. I, I don't know what's happening over there. It's like there's these islands in the middle of the ocean. And Pangea's fucking happening, and they're being brought together as opposed to away from each other. But this one big island seems to be sinking on certain parts. Like, it's 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 crazy. Um, uh, this is what happens when Nas puts out a new album. The whole world burns. Dude, just, <laughs> yeah, just listen to some Nas, man. Uh, uh, that, that, makes me, aside, that, that makes me want to debate something, though. Would you say Nas, pound for pound, best lyricist in hip hop? At least one like, of them. To today or in like of all time? <laughs> of all time. Uh, what? Well, I mean, he's got to be up there. I mean, he's got. I'm gonna be a little biased on this because he has two of my favorite rap albums of all time. But uh, I, I would say so, man. Like, Illmatic. <laughs> Yeah, Stillmatic, <laughs> pretty fucking great. I mean, I have a, a soft spot in my heart for for Outkast, as you know, and and uh, I think Bone Thugs and Harmony is really underrated in, in DMX. But I would definitely like if you're doing the top ten and Nas isn't on it, I don't know what the fuck you're doing with your life. Yeah, you're fucking up, man. He was a poet. I, I feel, or he still is. Um, you know, I just think that he's intelligent. He almost he went from being like, you know, here's the streets and the best perspective and and ways for me to explain it to you of what's going on. And then went and became kind of like the John Lennon, if you will, of hip hop, just being very deep and intelligent. You know, if I ruled the world with Lauren Hill, that was, I, I, I feel, and, and someone might think I'm crazy. That is my generation's imagine to me. Uh, you're going to really fucking love this new track he did with Lauren Hill, where she spits, a uh, spits some bars. It's good. It's well, a good Lauren Hill album. can fucking spit bars, man. She's got a great voice too. It's a uh, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, the thing the thing that I appreciate about Nas is 
not only the lyrical content, but the way he delivers it. And he doesn't yep. need a hard beat or anything. And, and this album is kind of what I would consider a return to form. Did he very, uh, get Premiere to do any beats for it? I, I don't know for sure, but it is very much like in the style of Illmatic as far as how the beats sound. I mean, they sound like early 90s East Coast beats. So oh. I think you're, you're really going to fucking dig it. Like even the track, like EPMD2, which is a, uh, a remix of like a, a song from his last album that has Eminem on it. It still has like that kind of beat on it. Um, so I, I think you're really going to fucking dig it. But yeah, I mean, it, if you're talking about like greatest lyricist, he's up there. I mean, you could make the debate of like Pac and Biggie and, and pun. Um, I, I, there's a lot of people you could throw out there, but, um, yeah, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, he's one of my favorites for sure. I would definitely, like I said, I would, if you don't have him in the top 10, I don't know what the fuck you're doing with your life. If you don't have him in the top 10, you've obviously never listened to Illimatic. And if you haven't listened to Illimatic, you really haven't lived. I always, I'll just end the conversation because it's obviously not about hip hop, but we always bring it in here. Um, Nas is hip hop. He is someone, when I think of a hip-hop artist, I think of Nas. It would be the same vein of, like, Most Def, Common, et cetera, et cetera. And what I always mean, the difference between rap and hip-hop is integrity. Rap can be fun. You can be a hip-hop artist and do rap, but it's way harder to be a rap artist and make good hip-hop. Does that make sense? There's more soul in hip-hop and intelligence, usually. Yeah, well, I mean, like, especially if you're talking about some of the later rap artists from more of our generation, like, let's say, like a Two Chains or a Little Wayne, or to some extent, like a, a Kanye of sorts. That's very different than, yeah, like, like you said, like most Def or or Nas or even Wu Tang Clan. It's a it's a lot different. I'll even say, I'll even put J Cole, Kendrick Lamar, Tyler the Creator more in a hip hop stance because they're more creative and. You know, we'll think outside the box as opposed to just, you know, and there's nothing wrong with it making you want to get on the dance floor and shake your ass, basically. Or be that creepy guy that watches oh. all the girls shake their ass. Yeah, me and you are a little opposite on that because I like some of the new, like, I have no problem with, like, Two Chains and Lil Wayne and, and, and such where you have a uh, more of a harder stance against that. So I, I think hip hop's what you want it to be, but I get what you're what you're saying, like, as far as. I, you could do the same thing with rock music, right? Like there was a yeah. time period where it's complete art versus like, hey, this is cock rock. Even the eighties, man, when when you went from like all the people like the Talking Heads and Enjoy Division, and then that kind of circled into your hair metal that kind of consumed that era, you know, just very different styles. And anyways, this this is a. Tr- we need to do a music podcast, I guess is what it comes down to, Chris, because we could – both musicians both love lots of different music, both have pretty good and, and strong opinions like we do at wrestling. And if, if you're a new listener, uh, get ready because here we come um, because, yeah, well, this is how we talk about wrestling. So good preview, I think. Yeah, we. I mean, we had to provide some levity before we get into the shit show that is currently WWE, <laughs> right? Yeah, it actually, in, in all actuality, uh, before we even talk about that, something that I really didn't want to talk about, um, the passing of uh, beautiful Bobby Eaton. Um, hate to bring the show down, but it seems like it happens on a weekly basis. Uh, I have to say, and this is something that I learned personally 
that if you didn't get a chance to see Bob Eaton, either as a member of the Midnight Express, either with Dennis Condry or later Stan Lane, which he's probably more known for, with Jim Cornette as their manager, as heels in the late 80s, as baby faces, always having usually the North American Tag Team Championships, but, you know, multiple tag champs between multiple platforms in Memphis and obviously in the NWA. Um, but also by himself. I mean, this man, Steve Austin uses the term mechanic, you know, a, a, as a way to describe of how he used to be a great technical wrestler before he got injured. And one of the people that I hear so many people talk about is Bobby Eaton, how he did everything flawlessly, how everything was very much what you would uh, want in a wrestler. And he was very giving. He had no problem putting someone over. Obviously, he played heel for a good portion of the time, but he kind of he didn't die out, but he just definitely his popularity kind of went down. Uh, Brad Armstrong's another good example, but I would say more so with Bobby Eaton, where he teamed with Steven Regal, and he did that thing and kind of fizzled out of WCW altogether. Uh, retired rather early, but I mean, you know, it's it's a huge compliment, I would think, when someone is compared to Bobby Eaton. I've heard Jim Cornette say that about Christian, how he does he doesn't do anything too fucking fancy or crazy. But what he does do, he's he's a good compliment to the person that he's facing in the ring. And I just this is this one this 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 sucks. Um there's no way of getting around it. I mean he died I think he was sixty sorry, sixty two years old. Just tragic. I believe his wife had race recently passed. Um I don't know, man. It it uh it sucks. Uh, I know that he was beloved by the industry. He helped a lot of smaller guys, including Steve Austin at the time, try to get them to next level. And if you want to see one of the best and most underrated factions of all time, Dangerous Alliance, there's a great um what's it called uh those cage matches, War Games, um. But, I mean, you got you got Rick Rude, Bobby Eaton, Michael P.S. Hayes, a young Steve Austin, Arn Anderson, Larry Sabisco, and, of course, uh, Paul Heyman as the manager. I mean, some of the best heels of all time. And Bobby uh, tagged, actually, with Arn Anderson during that time period because Tully was gone from WCW. So when they came back to WCW, or I should say Arn did, but they didn't want Tully back. So... I mean, this guy could be a great tag wrestler. That's what he was known for. Uh, back then, there was no difference between being the tag champions, really. I mean, there was. But besides the WWE, NWA was very prestigious to be tag champs. And that's where he excelled at. And it just sucks that uh, he tragically passed away. Uh, Chris, you know, you probably would have, you know, been more involved in seeing him in his early days live probably because you were you know growing up on wcw while i was up north watching uh the shit go down at uh, madison squick Adden. so i definitely grew up watching the tapes of jim crockett promotions and the wcw of the time period of let's say the mid 80s right because he was there from what like 80 
three to I want to say until Bischoff took over. Like he could have been there even longer. Like I, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a round number of like eighty four, eighty five to ninety. Let's go ninety three. We'll go with that number. Uh, but most of that, you know, like I, I was born in eighty eight, so a lot of the stuff I watched was retrospective and uh, renting from your local local video store, etc. But Midnight Express, there. Is there anyone that doesn't consider them the greatest heel tag team of all time? I I would say there's I, very few. I I, then I don't mean to interrupt you, but yeah, I gotta say, man. Um, and and Dennis Condry was great, but when I think Midnight Express, I think Stan Lane, Bobby Eaton, and I would put them easily in the top five tag teams of all time. Yeah, and I think more of to me, it's it's Stan Lane and, and Eaton for me because i've seen the most of that but if you go back yep. to their feud with uh the road warriors that i mean that was that was obviously dennis Condry, but both like all of those guys were great and Cornette as a manager's per like the perfect mouthpiece and uh, I, I guess on wrestling observer live brian alvarez is like if you want to see some good fucking work like wrestling work watch bobby eaton on like you know one of those shitty show shows where he's just wrestling a jobber and trying to drag a good match out of him. Um, I think that kind of sums up how good Bobby Eaton is, but it absolutely, absolutely phenomenal. It's a sad passing. I mean, he was only 62. I know that he had some heart problems, I guess a couple months ago and fell and hurt his hip. And I guess seemingly didn't, didn't recover in the way that they thought he, he might, but I, I definitely know what you're talking about with him and Paulie dangerously and um, some of how that feud spun off there. There's a bunch of good stuff there, man. Like uh, obviously the feuds with like the free birds and, and uh, Arn and Tully rock and roll, and rock and roll express and the road warriors are going to be the thing that most people would think of uh, when you think the midnight express, but uh, yeah, shout out to, his friends and family and this sucks this is a, this is this one to me is very tragic because like i said when you talk about best tag teams of all time if you really think about it most of them are baby faces um midnight express might be kind of the exception to that rule absolutely ah yeah and um i don't know i had some more stuff to say but it just this one sucks. And especially, you know, I am a avid Cornette listener and he obviously talks highly about Bobby because, you know, Bobby was well liked in the industry and uh, he was someone that people would say, you know, was a guy to watch if you want to learn to become a good wrestler. A lot of wrestlers praise him for help, whether it be someone like a Steve Austin to a Mick Foley and uh, Mick and also uh, his good friend. Uh, Ricky Morton from Rock and Roll Express. Uh, both both post links uh, to help out with funeral costs. So if you got a couple bucks, if you don't, completely understandable. But if you got a couple bucks, there is a GoFundMe right now to help with his funeral expenses for his family. And yes, tragically, I think it was a month after his wife passed, uh, Bobby joined her. So maybe that's how it was supposed to be. But I would definitely. You are missing out if you've never seen Bobby Eaton in the ring, um, especially in the tag sense. And he's just one of those guys. I remember WWE, 
made their ultimate dream list. They were just trying to ask on Twitter and see who the fucks people put. And someone said, well, I guess no one's going to put Bobby Eaton and put him in a match against Shawn Michaels. And I was like, ooh, that would have been fun. Or him and Bret Hart or, you know, a lot of the guys in WWE. It would have been fun to see him against any of those guys. He could have gone and he was one of those wrestlers. Uh, so, yeah. Um, I, I, uh, yeah, I was going to say, but, but with Bobby Eaton, I could... Uh, there's there's a lineage of people that you could put him against that came later that would be absolutely phenomenal, right? But uh, I, I did watch a match, a uh, Bobby Eaton match last night. Midnight Express versus Rock and Roll Express, Russell War, 1990. Absolutely phenomenal. You should be able to find it on Daily Motion. It, it may be on the cock. Um, <laughs> not 100% sure, but definitely if I if I had to pick a match to to immediately go to that was the one that stands out in my mind it's a good damn match i mean it's just the best of both worlds with those two tag teams i i don't know that anyone's had as much chemistry as i mean there's a lot of people like you can go like macho man and uh god uh ricky the dragon steamboat there's just certain people that have that chemistry and midnight express and rock and roll express every match they've ever had i'm sure the five star plus and specifically bobby and and ricky because Ricky was basically selling for almost the whole entire match getting his ass kicked, and Bobby Eaton usually was doing the ass kicking. So, yeah, just, I don't know. Any last thoughts, or should we uh, give the 10-second salute? Yeah, just uh, check out the 1990 run in Midnight Express with uh, Midnight versus Rock and Roll Express at Russell War and uh, Midnight Express versus the Southern Boys, the Great American Bash. Yes. It brings up a name that you talked about earlier with Armstrong. Um, but yeah, both those matches, those would be my recommendations of things to check out. And if you want to go earlier than that, then you can go to the uh, any of the Road Warriors feud that they had because they were basically just taking the ass whipping with Jim Cornette. Uh, being the best chicken shit heel of all time. But uh, yeah, man, absolute legend, Bobby Eaton, WWE Hall of Famer. And uh, he will be missed. And like I said, just warm regards to his friends and family. This absolutely sucks. All right, let's give him 10 seconds. You will be missed. Beautiful Bobby Eaton. We will go back and watch your work and enjoy it. Um, so now let's talk about this fucking craziness, Chris. Now that we got that over with. I, we what need the- more people to go with the name Beautiful. <laughs> like when they look like Bobby Eaton. It's just such yeah. a good last name. <laughs> like, I, like, look, Bobby, Bobby Eaton's not a, a, a bad looking guy, but I, I would not call him Beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, between him and Stan Lane, who was the, the looker out of the two, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's sometimes the simple things make you hate someone. <laughs> you know, Just that like, arrogance. Yeah, it's it's great. I, sorry, we can continue forward. I just I just thought about that. It's like, what if Bray Wyatt came back as the beautiful Bray Wyatt? Oh, my God. <laughs> you know what you I mean? You just put that out there. You just put that out there. He's going to be on NWA. Um, Jesus Christ, I don't even know where to go with this, man. So with nearly 50 wrestlers and several behind the scene employees released since April, we had a nice chunk 
announced last night by Sean Ross Sapp. Um, before we go over this, let's take you up to date on the two now wrestlers that somehow NXT and WWE management did not realize were both coming at the end of their contracts. Uh, we already talked last time about Adam Cole, Bebe, and now we found out the Bruiserweight also is about to end his contract. Uh, they got Adam Cole to at least extend his contract um, to this next SummerSlam takeover. So after that, he's free, and he doesn't have any non-compete. He's done with his contract unless he decides to stay with NXT. Pete Dunne literally ends also at that pay-per-view. So afterwards, once again, if he is not signed back with NXT, WWE, he can go He can go work for whoever the fuck he wants immediately afterwards. These, to me, especially Adam Cole, but Pete Dunne too, is is got to be one of my top... When I think of NXT, there's certain people I think of, and Adam Cole definitely is one of them, and Pete Dunne's pretty close as well. He's up there with your Garganos, your Champas. You know, just people that you specifically associate with the brand NXT. So there was a lot of back and forth over Adam Cole apparently getting an offer from AEW uh, while WWE was trying to figure out their end of the contract. Um, and that was reported by Dave Metzler. He later reported that he got a hold of or Tony Khan got a hold of him and said that was not the case, that they had made an offer for Adam Cole. So who knows? But. Dave came back on that and basically apologized, um, which is whatever. I I still find it hard to believe that Britt Baker's soon-to-be husband and with all the people that are EVPs that are good friends with Adam Cole that they haven't at least talked to him financially about a possibility of signing. But that's what Tony said. That's fine. And we knew last night going into SmackDown, specifically Adam Cole was set to have a meeting before SmackDown with Vince McMahon about his future with the company. We know Triple H and, and Sean, this is their golden boy. They definitely want him treated well. But, and also Pete Dunne, who hasn't gotten the NXT championship, but obviously was the UK heavyweight champion for however amount of time that Walter recently beat, but has had that twice and definitely could be on the precipice especially with the stuff with him and Samoa Joe of getting that title in the future. I could definitely see him being someone they put the title on. Um, we'll go into that first, Chris, any comments about the updates about Adam Cole and his situation that we don't know exactly if he's signed or not, but he had a meeting with Vince. The reports were false that apparently Tony made an offer at him, but obviously there's something there. Um, and the fact that Pete Dunn also, as soon as takeover happens after SummerSlam, can go wherever if they don't decide to re or if he doesn't decide to re-sign. As we get more into everything that's happened with the next the past couple days, it, it it's going to be weird to kind of talk about what they're going to be doing with someone like an Adam Cole. But I will say, uh, his contract was already up and he signed an extension through SummerSlam, right? So yeah. He he's obviously not against the idea of maybe staying there if given the correct situation and the correct paycheck. Uh, I know that he's a big Twitch guy, so going to the main roster, they still have that rule against people on Twitch and et cetera or whatever, so maybe that would affect his decision. And 
a lot of people are just thinking about from the sense of, I guess, the art form or what he's able to do in the ring and how he's going to be utilized, et cetera. But you have to look at it uh, from the standpoint of like who's going to pay him the most money. Um, what's what's the dates going to look like if he gets brought in? Uh, we talked about this last week, but if he gets brought in right now to an AEW, he's going to be coming on the heels of people like CM Punk and Daniel Bryan. And it's it's just one of those things where, you know, even if he does sign with AEW, I, you probably shouldn't see him for six, six to eight months before he debuts because they they're just loaded with talent. Uh, whereas, you know, Adam Cole is kind of a shark in a small pond with NXT. I mean, he's definitely, when I think of NXT, I think of him and Ciampa and Gargano. Uh, if I go further back, I, I might think like Sami Zayn. But, you know, those are the people that come to mind when I think of NXT, uh, that and the four horsewomen. And, you know, if, if they want to pay him to be that guy on NXT for forever and, and actually give him a fair offer of what that's going to be, I think that would be incredible. But uh, with Pete Dunne, what are they going to do with the guy? They haven't given him an NXT title run. Um, you know, he, he just got beat by Karrion Cross, <laughs> like kind of badly in that three-way match. It, he's just kind of there. I mean, he's a guy that I could see move and, and go somewhere like New Japan in the junior division and, and be absolutely incredible or, you know, anywhere else in the world and, and be phenomenal. What I don't want to see is them restructure this thing. And he just goes back to, you know, WWE, NXT UK or whatever. So it's a lot of up in the air stuff. And I, I don't know how to feel about it. I do know that uh, from all the rumors and, and such, Adam Cole was at SmackDown last night, right? Specifically to talk to Vince about his contract. Yep. And uh, I don't know, maybe he went the uh, Kenny Omega route where he's like, hey, if you don't have something fucking planned for me, <laughs> I'm not going to do it. Or maybe ask for some creative control or something. But the crazy thing is, is people love Adam Cole so much that, you know, they're only looking at it from a career standpoint of what are you going to do with Adam Cole? And it, if he goes to the main roster, the worry is, is he's just going to be lost in the shuffle. And um I don't know that that's necessarily not the case right now in NXT because there's one glaring thing about all three of these shows, which is they have big, strong, uh, beefy men who pretty much have undefeated streaks. They're squashing everybody. And that's what WWE is doing right now. And uh, I don't know how Adam Cole fits into that picture. And uh, like I said, with the Twitch stuff and, and some of his other things and the fact that Burt Baker is an AEW it would lead it would lead you to believe that that might be a good option for him. As far as uh, as far as like the contract offer and stuff, obviously we have no clue. I mean, if if Meltzer apologized for it, I don't know how much that means. <laughs> but I would say he did resign until SummerSlam. So even if he's fielding offers, he's trying to do the right thing and and leave on a good note. I I don't know that you know if he does decide to leave and they're gonna send him out. Is losing Kyle O'Reilly the way you want to do it? But I, I, that's going to be their option. They're going to have to do the Daniel Bryan thing. All right, so let's just say they get offered both more money to go wherever. Maybe Adam Cole with AEW, like we talked about, for all the reasons. Um, maybe, like you suggested, which was a great suggestion, Pete Dunne 
in a New Japan platform. Like, thank God Vince hasn't noticed, or t- I should say, fucking Khan. Um, Nick Khan hasn't noticed NXT UK, because once that happens, that whole entire fucking ship is sinking. But besides depleting 205 now, with these other people gone, who the fuck is left at NXT? Like, seriously. Like, they have a great striving women's division, but I'm talking about specifically the men's and the tag team men's. They don't have shit. They don't have anyone. They have a bunch of guys that are up and coming that all have promised that are big dudes like Parker Bardot. And we've talked about uh, Rick Steiner's son. And and now, and congratulations, congratulations to that amazing comeback from uh, Gable Steveson for winning the gold medal. Um, I definitely expect some guys like that to be getting built up, but most of those guys aren't in ring wrestlers. So they're going to take more time to be able to get to that level. You know, Johnny's still there. <laughs> Ciampa's still there. They have Thatcher, but I mean, they've destroyed their fucking whole entire men's division. And now taking care and cross, bringing them up just to get, you know, punked out. Probably going to lose Samoa Joe, which Samoa Joe having the title is awesome. But if you don't have Samoa Joe to be able to go against Pete Dunne, Adam Cole, Karrion Cross, what, Kyle O'Reilly? Just like, I'm not trying to be a dick to Kyle, but Roderick Strong? I mean, those are interesting, but it seems like, just in general, and we'll go over the list soon, but, you know, you got a pretty decent mid-card division and no one at the top. Uh, especially, like I said, if Adam Cole leaves, Karrion Cross is gone. Uh, you know, uh, look what they did with Keith Lee. Damian Priest is somewhat getting used, I, I guess, but it's just a fucking wasteland. Am I am I am I wrong for thinking that, Chris? You're not wrong, but some of the when we get into these other releases, maybe they're going to restructure both of these products because after SummerSlam, they're doing the shuffle, right? Yeah. So maybe maybe they're going to move someone like a Sami Zayn back to NXT. Maybe they're going to take some of this talent they have on the main roster and reshuffle it back, which could make a lot of sense. Um, but, you know, right now, as far as people that stand out on that product, it's Cameron Grimes. <laughs> you were going to the moon, I guess. You're going to strap the rocket yeah. to Cameron Grimes. Because I think he's the most over person on NXT, easily, right? I agree. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, I guess it's Cameron Grimes versus Samoa Joe. You know, and that's that's a place they could go, and they could have matches with Roderick Strong and Kyle O'Reilly, you know, to build Joe's. It just, it compared to what we could have had with, you know, and, and this is also going into them leaving, but if, if Pete Dunne and Adam Colco... Jesus, it's like, when is Triple H going to be like, all right, like, seriously, can uh, you, you fucking just killed this. Can I have Karrion Cross back? Can I have Keith Lee back? Like, are you going to do absolutely nothing? Because I don't know if you heard this rumor, but the newest rumor is they're going to be, it, it sounds like downsizing. It sounds like Gabe's Evolve NXT show might be combined with NXT, and they're going to go for a, a, a new look altogether. And this is basically Vince's idea. And I don't know if this means that eventually it's going to go back to the network. Maybe that could be a good thing or a bad thing. 
but it looks like they want a new look and change-ups post-SummerSlam for NXT. Yeah, and uh, they, could, they still have that rumor out there with them in MLW, right? Yep. So, I don't know. How pissed are you if you're Samoa Joe and you just re-signed this contract? I know! After getting released to come in and uh, maybe work with Adam Cole and all these cats and they're gone? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like It's like, oh, Finn left, Adam Cole's gone. Uh, you know, Bronson Reed's now gone. Um, Pete Dunn's gone. Karrion Cross is going up for not his fucking, you know, benefacting. Uh, it just, yeah, there's Samojo's got to be hitting his head against a uh, a locker like Goldberg. I mean, do you bring Velveteen Dream back? Ugh. I know it's grown worthy, but like, you bring him back as a heel. Well, you know how I feel about that situation. I think that he kind of got fucked a bit, but his dumbass shouldn't have listened to WWE and kept his mouth shut. And he can keep on saying that, oh, he did that himself, that he, that was his decision. Bullshit. They told you to keep your fucking mouth shut about it, and you couldn't say anything until you got fired. But at the same time, people are not going to get over that. They won't even read the details. They'll just hate him for whatever speculations out there. It will, I think I would love... AEW to sign him, or Enzo, who's completely cleared, or even Tessa, but I feel like any of those three, you're going to get a lot of guff from the super, well, not even super left, people that would have a problem with situations like that, especially if they don't research. Well, I'm just thinking, like, who's up next in NXT if you don't bring someone like him back in? I mean, is it Austin Theory? Are you going to pull the trigger on that? Are you going to send him back down on Matt Riddle? Like, with no, what, they, he, what they've what they've done to their company or to NXT, and we'll get into this a little bit later, makes me think that NXT is not going to be NXT, and that it may yeah. not be show anymore. Um, but we we get into more details, I guess. So let's continue. Right? If, if 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 the rumors are true, and if this is maybe uh, condensed, and what we're going to be seeing in the next couple of months is NXT go back to the network as a network show, probably for an hour, but it gets a new look and they want to vamp it up to make it look a little bit brighter, which is the biggest thing that Vince has a problem with it, apparently. Um, and Ga- this is going to probably be a combination of what was supposed to be Gabe's thing and also NXT in general. And we get that. It could be better, man, because I have to say the best time period in NXT was when it was on the network and it was an hour long. But then how long does it last until they realize they don't need the resources at, at all? That they can just have people at the school and they don't need another program and spending all that extra fucking money on production and shit. Well, I mean, they you got bought by MB, that got bought by NBC. So if it goes back to the network, that's up to NBC, right? As far as putting out content and, and quantity, I would assume that they would want that to get people to subscribe just off the NXT name alone, or at least takeovers. Um, It's such a weird situation. And when when we talk about condensing and doing things like that and Gabe Sapolsky doing kind of an evolve thing, why didn't you just give Gabe the fucking reins when you bought evolve two years ago? No idea, man. 
Stay the fuck away from Corp Hours MLW. Definitely don't try to fucking seize that. I, I mean, uh, is the idea that Triple H can't book the show? Is that what Vince is going on? And and where do you think Triple it? H? Where do you think Triple H is in on this? It, I mean, like literally, this has to be. This has to fucking piss him off. There's no way it can. Um, especially if the Vince conversation with Adam Cole didn't go great last night, and they didn't you know, get to, to a place that they needed to like Hunter's baby project that he started with dusty back in the day is now completely getting its soul ripped out. You know, I mean, we haven't even talked about the 12 people that got let go. Yeah. And, and we're not a hundred. I mean, Adam Cole could resign and then yeah. this conversation is, is a bit different and he could go on a run as champion, beat Joe and, and go on a run and, and stay there. And they do Ciampa and Gargano and, it Grimes. could be that, but the problem is we've seen all of that. And what else can he do? That's why I was saying maybe bring back someone like Velveteen Dream. You got to push uh, Cameron Grimes. You got to do something with Austin Theory. Like they got guys in the wings, like we we talked about earlier, but they're they haven't had any matches. So. And they're not exactly <laughs> wrestlers either. So they're gonna take more time to get better. Well, besides Gable Stevenson, which, like I said, USA. Sorry. <laughs> just let let him go in there and just fucking actually twist guys. That'll be great. <laughs> you gotta see if you haven't seen the match, man. It sucks though with the whole fuck. I had to watch it after the fact, but he came back out of nowhere and was able to win it, and it was just awesome. And then he did a backflip, and uh, I'm like, yeah, we're gonna be seeing you in wrestling soon. So that's gonna be pretty awesome. I did get to see the highlights for that, but I also got to see the highlight of that guy doing that weird jumping, like standing yeah. slam, which was fucking nuts. Um, the Olympics dude, have been very interesting <laughs> this year. Dude, I saw a video of a young Rick Steiner and he was doing a sidewalk slam over his head, but did a moonsault with it. I'm like, Scott Steiner was a fucking beast and we just don't even know it. Really? The Michigan Sorry, boys. That- they're thick. <laughs> Dude, I, I mean, seriously, Michigan for the Steiners. Is LOD from Michigan? No, they're from Detroit. Yeah, they're from they're from Michigan. Isn't Kurt Henning, Rick Rude, Brock Lesnar? Jesus Christ. Well, some of them cats are from Minnesota. That's right. I'm missing out Minnesota with Minnesota is. Oh, I can't remember. I know Brock Lesnar's from there, and so is Gable Steveson. You just started yeah. a war between minnesota college and, and michigan university well eat a dick <laughs> they're, to they're the, fighting. that rivalry it's also uh, the same thing it's the same thing with hockey too where there's so many good people that come out of that area that you can easily confuse them so i've done this before as well <laughs> it's ridiculous it's absolutely ridiculous all right um let's actually talk about the people and i don't even know if you know all these names i don't even know some of these names some of these guys are in developmental um bobby fish who was in a rivalry with Roderick Strong. Uh, and not only that, one of, like I said, one of Adam Cole's best friends. You find out during the meeting, or maybe before the meeting, that one of your best friends just got let go of the company. That's probably not going to like make you too happy. Bronson Reed, who, from what I know, was supposed to drop the North American title, and then he was supposed to go to the main roster. They had him in one match. They brought his ass back down. And then he lost to Adam Cole um, on the last episode. 
I like Bronson Reed a lot. I think that he's got a great look. He's a big dude. He can do some awesome stuff. Definitely reminded me of of guys that were some of his favorites, like Bam Bam Bigelow and Earthquake. But uh, yeah, another great Polynesian wrestler from Australia. You know, uh, then uh, Jake Atlas, who I think had a lot of upside. I love the LGBT DDT that he did, the little cartwheel on the rope into the DDT. Uh, I don't know Ari Sterling. I, I, I'm not a hundred percent sure. Here's someone, Chris, I don't think anyone knew was employed still. And that's Kona Reeves. Cause I don't remember <laughs> the last time fucking Kona Reeves has been on anything. I feel bad, but, uh, Leon Ruff, who was doing great on two Oh five live apparently, but also that whole run that he had where he was like the underdog, um, Stefan Smith, not sure. Tyler Russ, like I said, the only other member of the Diamond Mine, uh, along with um, Roderick Strong and Stokely Hathaway. Uh, Zachariah Smith, not 100% sure. Asher Hale, not 100% sure. Giant uh, Zangier, not 100% sure. And then Mercedes Martinez. So the ones that are glaring, I would say, Bobby Fish, Bronson Reed, um, Leon Ruff a little bit because they pushed the shit out of him. Mercedes Martinez and probably Jake Atlas. Not only that, it's just weird because they were making a big deal and it was a good thing for the fact that they had a lesbian wrestler and a gay wrestler, a part of their organization. Now both Mercedes Martinez and Jake Atlas both come from the company. Wow. I can't Bobby fish. You're telling me with Martinez and fish, you couldn't have found them some type of training you know, they, they, they're they older in their careers. They definitely can help out with the next generation. It just, and maybe that's what happens, but if I was Bobby Fish, I'm going home to Ring of Honor, and I'm going to go there and kick some fucking ass and have a lot of aggression and do some amazing matches over there. Maybe go for the pure championship against John, Jonathan Gresham. But, um, yeah, man, that was, that was all the names, Chris. I, I think the standouts, like you said, Bobby Fish, to me, Bobby Fish and Mercedes Martinez are the most surprising. And knowing what's going on with Adam Cole's contract, and and I have no inside information on this, but do you think this is just a fucking work? No, I don't think so. I think that it just, dude, I don't even think Vince realized shit. Like, you know, Nick Khan was like, what about this, this Bobby Fish guy? I don't know who the hell he is. Fire him. Oh, uh, I got my next meeting with Adam Cole. Adam, come on in. And that's how it happened. I don't think he even fucking knows. Well, let's say that they let Gabe pick like six people, right? To start this new thing. Could they do something like this? And would that, I mean, fans will be pissed off originally, but when they, when they show back up, maybe you get that pop for it. And you can treat it kind of like you did with, uh, with ECW and Paul Heyman kind of deal. Do you think it's something like that? Cause it's just so weird. Like, I don't understand getting rid of Bobby Fish. I mean, he, he's a guy that you could throw into a tag team with with anyone pretty much. Right. And, and the same thing with Mercedes. Yeah, Martinez. not as they've pushed to the moon. Completely different stylistically. And they're both name is Bobby. That's pretty much the only thing they have in common. But talking about Bobby Eaton, Bobby Fish is someone that's a great tag team wrestler. You can put him in a fucking whoever with him. Whether it be like we saw with Kyle, Adam, or Roderick, you know, he just he's he's a great tag team wrestler, and I'm sure I don't know what he's gonna do. 
past this. I love the idea with the Gabe thing, but I don't know. Now I don't really think they give a fuck about NXT. So I don't even know what the hell they're going to do. They could cancel all plans for that shit. You know, I, I, I have no faith in Vince giving a fuck about NXT, even at the detriment of pissing off his uh, brother-in-law or his son-in-law. Yeah, I mean, it just with some of the names there, like Bronson Reed, et cetera, it, it just seems like. I don't know, it's one of those things that's like kind of hard to believe because Bronson Reed, like you said, was just North American champion. And they were sending him up. What the fuck? It was Bronson Reed's definitely someone like you said, a Pete Dunn. And I think that's a great idea. Or Pete Dunn, maybe Ring of Honor or maybe doing a double contract. All, these guys, a lot of them, especially if they're coming from WWE, are able to work out shit with contracts. So even though New Japan and Ring of Honor don't necessarily have ties, I could see Pete Dunn working at both organizations because they kind of adhere to him. But Bronson Reed, if he went to Japan, I think he would be a big deal. I think that he could have a fun, you know, maybe thing with bad luck folly at first, but then put him in his place and just really be like a Bam Bam Bigelow over there, basically. He reminds me a lot of Michael Elgin where I think he could pretty much, if you wanted to slot him in, in like a new Japan, uh, new, the new Japan American show, what is it? New Japan strong or like yeah. of honor. He'd be like a perfect fit. And I'm just very surprised because when you lose someone like Miro, et cetera, there is a spot for a guy like Bronson Reed. And, and you, like you said, you just gave him the title. So it's, it's one of those things. And, this goes back to is WWE selling and if they're selling exactly and, and we kind of talked about this before, but if they're selling and they're consolidating in the roster and they are selling to NBC who owns USA, maybe USA wants to get rid of that show, put it on Peacock or whatever. Um, and like we were talking about a little bit earlier, the draft would be after SummerSlam. So reconsolidating the roster, maybe some of this makes a bit more sense, but right now it is kind of, baffling uh, to say the least uh, it, i mean samoa joe is about to go on a brock lesnar run as nxt champ that's the only thing that comes to mind i guess what they're doing unless they bring walter here and have that go on for a while and build yeah, the but, fuck out of that up yeah but if you're walter who doesn't want to wrestle in the united states to begin with are you super hyped about taking <laughs> coming over here now like I, I, i'm just gonna be honest with you i wouldn't even want to be noticed if i was Walter because like i said as soon as nick Khan and fucking vince realize there's an nxt uk those doors are gonna come crashing down 205 live is not going to be on much longer there's no reason to have it anymore like their cruiserweights that they feel are and i agree with them are are, are the most elite are the ones that they use including the champion kushida on nxt and he's never on 205 Live, it's been the guys, and all of them now are fired, pretty much. All of them. If you're Valter, I feel like you can pretty much name the price of your next contract. Oh, yeah. After, after the matches he's had, if he if he really wants to, I wouldn't expect him to. Hey, if we can get Okada versus Walter, man, you know that's one of my dream matches. He would be awesome in Japan. You're talking about a new Vader? Holy shit. I'm sure Okada would love that match, love that matchup. Him and Tanahashi would be great, too. It, I mean, it'd be a different match, but both those matches would be fucking phenomenal. Uh, I just think that Okada and, and Walter are on a different level when it comes to, And that's... I'm not saying Tanahashi isn't 
But <laughs> when it comes to modern guys, you know, they're on a different level when it comes to putting together matches. Honestly, I think Adam Cole's close to that, too. Like, every time I watch an Adam Cole match, even if I don't give a fuck about the actual feud, and that's the fault of NXT, I always like the matches and the layouts. I mean, he w- did learn from Shawn Michaels, so <laughs> might have something to do with it. WWE is going to be in a little bit of trouble here in the next year or so because Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens' contracts are coming up as well. Like, end of 2022, beginning of 2023. There's a lot of main roster guys. I think Finn Balor's is going to be up. Um, and AEW's numbers are over a million right now. So, to me, they have become more competition with, like, Raw than NXT at this point, especially if they continue on this trend. And, and we're talking about them getting Daniel Bryan and CM Punk, which I think is just going to boost that number. I, I'm not saying, you know, it's the, the the house is on fire, but there's definitely some smoke you should be worried about. And I don't know that I'd be releasing these guys, especially if they're under, you know, decent contracts. Like I'm assuming Bronson Reed's contract is not, you know, in the same vicinity of a John Cena feel like you could probably eat that money as a billion dollar company. Yeah. It's just crazy. I just want to be a fly on the wall in the kitchen of Triple H, like venting to Stephanie, because I know that's probably happening right now. Like, I'm, I'm going to fucking kill him. I don't even. This is ridiculous. The fucking shovel style. He's fucking shoveling my whole fucking network. <laughs> I mean, unless the unless Triple H is like, we should sell this shit so I can be done with it and finally start my Motorhead cover band. Uh, <laughs> Time to like, play the game. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's the thing that as wrestling fans, I think we we all do this. And in sports, sports fans in general, you romanticize what it is. But at the, the end of the day, like Triple H is what in his 50s. Maybe he's just fucking done. You know, so if they can sell it and he's just done with it and can go do whatever he wants, like, you know, buy some jet skis and hang out with his wife and kids and not have to worry about this bullshit. Maybe that's what it is. I mean, it, when they brought but there's in, got and it's not that I don't agree with you. There's definitely that like the whole fuck it retirement aspect. But, you know, you know, as much as we clown on Hunter for being cold and certain things in the past and shit like that that I think gets chalked up to him marrying Stephanie and whatnot and whatever whether it be true or not these kids mean a lot to him and some of them aren't kids anymore he's literally been teaching them for a long time this has to like especially with the style that they present on NXT the matches that they put on you know and the praise they get for that aspect of their show this has to fucking really bother him there's no way around that like this is his, the guy that's mentored him. That's his father-in-law. You know, he's married to his daughter. And he just doesn't get it. And he keeps on fucking up constantly. And even the ones that do decent, like a Kevin Owens, like a Sami Zayn, like a Finn Balor, still aren't pushed to that level in actuality. It's almost they have a stigma because they are NXT guys. And I feel like outside the women's division... Vince doesn't give a fuck about NXT. Well, to play a little bit of devil's advocate, just because they sell the company doesn't mean Triple H can't work there. He could just be rehired. It's a good point. 
if if they sell the company completely, do you think that there would be any aspect of Triple H wanting to be like, can we work out so I take the NXT name and I make it my own organization, or would that not be accessible? Because they would obviously not have to, would not be able to do it through the um what the hell the uh, performance center. That would be WWE straight thing, but. Do you think that that he if 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 in the situation WWE is selling most likely to Universal NBC, do you think that he could if he wanted to get NXT as its own thing by itself and allow him to take it somewhere else? That or they give him the whole reins for yeah. for all of their shows. I mean, like what's the other option? Paul Heyman, Gabe Sapolsky. I mean, those are going to be the those would be the three people. Unless you're gonna uh, give Delirious a big, <laughs> a big run at it, um, That's crazy. you know what I mean? Like how many, like how many people are out there that can like, you can give it to Billy Corgan? There's not that many guys that you know. If you're NBC and and you've seen what Triple H has done with NXT and and know who he is, he would be the obvious choice to run the company, even if even if they do sell, which. Maybe maybe that's what it is. Is Triple H is like fuck it. Well, when they sell, I'll just be- do what I wanted to do to begin with. Like if he becomes the CEO, if he becomes, let's say, today's Vince McMahon under NBC. I mean, that's not that's not necessarily a bad thing. Or do you think? I mean, like, because NBC's no. not going to hire the guy that did fucking King of Queens or whatever to run <laughs> wrestling. Oh God, you know, you know what I mean, like. He's not. They're not going to be like, what was that show that we had that was so popular? Put that guy over wrestling because it just doesn't work. It has to be a wrestling guy. They they show up at the first meeting and Jerry Seinfeld is. <laughs> what? Hi guys, I'm now in charge. <laughs> what is the deal with Triple H? <laughs> um, Jesus. We also have to wait for that that old man to finally croak though. You know. Was I don't that know. Too much. Was that too far? Oh, he said uh, the word on television. Fuck him. The, the, the Larry David version of WWE is something I kind of want to see, though. <laughs> what? Like, you mean, like uh, Alzheimer's? It's going to be like Biden running the country. <laughs> Never mind. I don't want to say that. I, I don't. I don't know, man. Like, uh, if you let <laughs> the Larry David write like some some Cameron Grimes stuff, I'm sure it'd be great. <laughs> God, Vince is just, I mean, he's got to be getting up there in age. It's going to be like, you know, Ronald Reagan, like, Ronald Reagan, what year is it? It's 1983, 1989. Okay, gotcha. Uh. There's this Twitter page, and I highly recommend everyone follows it. It was just like, Vince McMahon uses Google. And the first thing with Adam Cole stuff came up was like, which one is Adam Cole? Which it's it's sad, but I could see that being a thing. Like, Ugh. I don't know, man. It's this is just the it's been the weirdest week of wrestling, and uh, I don't know. Like everyone has said, Con has dealt with selling of large companies. Big Con, as they call him, right? Uh, has dealt with selling companies before, and they've been like you said, fifty people. Yeah. And there was releases even before that. Yep. If you go back to when Lance Strong, uh, Lance Storm, etc., were released, I mean, like oh. Jeff Jarrett just recently got released. Uh, I'm looking forward to when he's able to talk about that. 
that's going to be interesting. He's someone, I mean, I hate to say this. I'd love to see Jeff go back to Impact in some fucking way. Obviously not as an owner now, but as a character. I don't yeah, know. How, it, how, how's, how's Jeff's body doing? You can get the King of the Mountain show up. I can't believe. Kenny Omega like, with a fucking what, And we talked to him, and he was so humbled and happy that, that after all the, the shit that he held up WWE for, they still let him in the Hall of Fame, and I was happy for him. But what the fuck did they only use him for? The Royal Rumble, to not be the slap nut Jeff Jarrett, but the old school one, and get a fucking guitar to the head from Elias. And that was the only other time we saw him until he worked behind the scenes. So they don't give a shit about Jeff Jarrett, is what I'm trying to say. Is it, he's not in their Hall of Fame either, so he's like a perfect Impact guy. No, he's in their Hall of Fame. Remember we talked to him right when he was uh, getting sent in. No, 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 I'm talking about Impact's Hall of Fame. I don't know. I would assume, but they just now inducted Ken Shamrock and Abyss the year before, and it's like, Ken Shamrock was your first fucking champion. How the hell was he not in? Wait, well, they, wait, wait, but... they did Sting. They did... Uh... Ken Shamrock. They did Gail Kim. Bullies in. Um, yeah, I don't know for sure, but I mean, if not, like, there you go. Bring it back. Have him hit fucking Kenny Omega with a guitar and call him Slap Nuts. There you go. I'm down for that. <laughs> Even as, like, uh, Scott Tamore, uh makes him the uh, commissioner or some bullshit like that, just as an okay. on-screen character. He could be the American Bullet Club manager. Wasn't he part of Bullet Club? Technically? He was, man. He was. <laughs> he let us know that, too. I was like, you're one of the only guys to be a part of the NWO and the Four Horsemen. He's like, oh, I was part of Bullet Club, too. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, you guys go back and check out that interview that Dane did with uh, Jeff Jarrett. It, it was phenomenal. Jeff is, seems like a great guy, man, honestly. Really good dude. Um, but, yeah, man, I just – this is uh, this is nuts. Uh, I understand if you're, they're selling, but I mean, they're getting rid of a lot of talent. They're not showing a lot of restraint. I mean, Vince isn't uh, obviously making that comment about we'll just give AEW some more talent. Like the people that are there that are not on the top tier or second to top tier. What I'm talking about is like, obviously, your Romans, Charlotte, who now I don't even know what the hell she's going to do at the end of her contract. Um She's done everything in the WWE. They don't even count some of her championships that they used to because it's NXT. <laughs> Fucking stupid. She can now go to where I most likely her dad's going and where her husband or her future husband is. Um, so that's another person altogether. But let's think about this. If you're not like your Seth Rollins, your Becky Lynch's, your Roman Reigns, anyone. Bray Wyatt got released. Bray Wyatt. I I mean, unless your name is Randy Orton, I don't think there's a guarantee on your paycheck. Like Randy Orton. Basically, um, basically, you got to be you got to be legacy like Edge and all them or one of the top, top guys in the company that they rely on or be related to one of those guys. So I think the Usos are OK. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, you could just drive around drunk and still work the next yeah. night. It's fine. Uh <laughs> I, yeah, I don't. I, I have no idea. I mean, even I'm assuming, I'm assuming that this brand split is going there. It's going to end. Is my guess when they go to do the draft? Maybe that's a big surprise, and that's why they're consolidating the rosters, which would make the most sense. But 
who the hell knows? I, I do know that if I'm fucking Fox, I'm pretty pissed off that you're just <laughs> letting guys go. They could potentially be on your show, which is a higher rated show than Raw. And you're giving them this fuck yep. ton of money. You know, like if you're the uh, if you're like the the Fox contract guy, I don't even know what the hell you call him. It's not necessarily a producer, right? Because it's still produced by Vince. But if you're like there and you're a wrestling fan and you just see that they released all these guys, like you couldn't have put like Reed and uh, Bobby Fish into a tag team and brought them to SmackDown so that we don't have to watch. I don't know the Usos versus the Mysterios for the 17th time. Or or the other one that they completely do all the goddamn time, uh, Bobby Roode and Dolph Ziggler against the Street Profits. That's the only two tag teams, two tag team sets that they have, I guess. Well, I mean, you um, could just have, you know, Big E kill Apollo Crews and then his next oh, opponent is Bronson Reed, which would be big men slapping meat, which we all like. <laughs> hell yeah. Dude, how funny was it last night? And I, I still think he's going for the Raw title, but when... When Paul Heyman just let uh, Caleb Braxton have it, and then he looks to the side, and Biggie's all smiles, just shaking and gyrating with that fucking money in the bank, and like Paul Heyman's selling it so well, like just completely freaked out. He's like, "I'm gonna get him! I'm gonna get him! I'm gonna get him!" Like I love fucking Biggie. He's so great, so entertaining. Paul Heyman over the past five years has submitted his legacy as maybe the greatest manager of all time. I, I I think he surpassed anyone else for me. He's the only one that has him anywhere close is Bobby Heenan. But I mean, if you look at the guys Bobby's managed, I think Heyman's got him beat, man. It's just everything Paul's done in the past five years has been fucking great. I mean, with the, well, no, five years. I was going to say, if you go further back and you get into like Ryback and they put him with some pretty shitty people like uh, Kurt Henning's son, unfortunately. Curtis you know, some Axel. of that. Some of that's booking. There's nothing you can do about that. But uh, outside but of that, like CM Punk, Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns, The Big Show. I mean, well, just yeah. like also his own his own camera persona, right? Like he's got some I of the best acting, literally in the business. It's it comes uh, off real. Yeah, it, it came off. He he learned all that when he was doing Rollerball uh, with Ice Cube. Or not? Was I? No, it's LL Cool J. That's who it was. <laughs> remember, remember that? <laughs> the guy from American Pie, right? And God. The buff, dumb one. It gets with Mina Savari at the end of it. Um, I forgot the actor's name. I don't even God. care. We we should do a review of that. Movie and it has Rebecca remains Stamos, and she gets very very naked, and I was not offended. I'll just put it that way. I don't think anyone was. Was it called Murderball or Rollerball? It was. I, I know it's a remake of a '70s film. It was, it was I don't Rollerball. know. Uh, they they they, they had that time period where they were like, "All right, Rollerball, we're gonna redo that. We're gonna redo Death Race, but it's not gonna be nowhere near as cool as the original with Doctor Frankenstein and hitting old people and getting points for it and shit." That was a ridiculous fucking movie. Well, at least like the Rollerball remake was true to the original Rollerball, <laughs> you know, like it was basically the same fucking yeah, the, Death Race is like Death Race. Wasn't it just like uh, what's it? Uh, Jason Statham? Just I'm gonna I'm gonna ride this thing in prison. I'm gonna kill everyone. God. Pretty much the whole thing. I, it's not the transport or a crank, but it's on the same lines. 
pretty pretty much. Uh, anyways, Rollerball 2002. LL Cool J. <laughs> anyways, WWE's disintegrating uh, their uh, their assets right now, pissing off their fucking you know networks. And Vince and Nick Khan are just gonna I don't know hopefully make love and then just delete WWE altogether. Maybe they're selling the company so that they can make a new Rollerball movie starring Roman Reigns. All right. <laughs> I, I think we're done with the subject. Do you, yeah. think, do you think that we can move on? Yeah. Is there anything you want to say about either NXT or SmackDown? Because I think we're moving into AEW, right? Yeah. I mean, NXT, I don't really remember what the fuck happened. I'm just really pumped for the Samoa Joe carrying cross match. I honestly could not tell you any big detail from the show, though. I drank, though, that night, so it might have something to do with it. Do you it remember anything? A, it was not a very good show. I do remember that. There wasn't anything that really stood out, like, uh, other than, you know, the fact that Samoa Joe was brought in to uh, break up brawls and then starts a Brazilian brawls, which is hilarious to me. But, I mean, yeah, it is more of the same. All right, so we got that. SmackDown last night was a lot of fun. I like that it seems like they're giving a, I mean, somewhat of a push to Finn. They're not, like, making him this pushover immediately. He's not smiling. He even addressed that and said there's going to be no more smiles on Finn. Came much more like his old attitude. I don't think they're going to push him that far. I think he's probably going to get matched with Roman right before on a SmackDown for SummerSlam. Maybe the night he'll go against Roman, they'll have a championship match. Going into uh, that Chicago um, rampage to just make it big, I guess, on their end. I don't know. I don't know how that works. Or or they're not going to do it, and Finn's going to have Roman after Roman beats John Cena. I don't see Finn winning that title, honestly, ever. Even though he was the first champion, it's just how it is. But the audience was into him, and they were really into John Cena, who wasn't there. But a lot of John Cena chants. So, uh Good stuff all around with that shit, and Baron Corbin somehow continues to be a guilty pleasure of mine on that fucking show, Chris. Who's your your guilty pleasure? Baron Corbin and his poor ass and him begging not to get his ass kicked. I love he came out with no music, and Pat McAfee's like, he can't even afford his music. Like, (laughs) Jesus Christ. He's so good, man. Like he's actually making me like Michael Cole. Uh, I I I've loved what they've done with Baron Corbin. It's a good change, man. Because I I've always liked Baron Corbin. I think me and you have talked about this in the past. It's one just, of the best finishers. And they've used him so poorly, um, over the years. But this is a real fun character for him. It is reminiscent of the Big Show, a little bit. Remember when Big Show couldn't afford to feed his family or whatever? It's kind of what they're they're going yeah. for but more jokingly um but yeah i've really enjoyed that and uh god who's the guy that does shinsuke's bogs he's a highlight rick boogs <laughs> yeah boogs he's a i like to see him terrible. in the ring they need to tag him and shinsuke because i think rick has some upside to be a big character by himself and, he's uh, like they- I was no, going to say, he's like, um, what's his name? Um, oh, man, the guy that I just talked about hit the guitar over the head of Jeff Jarrett. He's like Elias, but he can shred. 
But he doesn't suck. That's what I was going to say. He's, he's not bad in the ring. <laughs> so. Yeah, Elias is kind of made out of rock when he's a uh, not rock and roll like rock. He's yeah. Bad rock circa 96. Um I I knew that it wasn't going anywhere for Selena Vega, um obviously with their match with Bianca, but I thought Sasha killed it when she came in, fucking called her out and was being all heelish, but people still love her and um, I'm looking forward to the rematch from WrestleMania with Bianca and Sasha, and I don't think Sasha's getting back that title. So that was another thing so I like. Were you excited about it's boss time? Oh my Whatever. god, dude, he gets. I swear to God, I can't wait until Pat McAfee makes fun of him. He's got to do it at one point. He's what like, the did fuck you just come in? Mean? <laughs> I don't know, man. But Michael Cole releases the biggest orgasm. Uh, when he does that, apparently. I hope that Pat McAfee just starts singing fucking Bruce Springsteen every time Cole does that. Just like any <laughs> Springsteen song. Oh my god, that'd be he hilarious. Look, he just like low-key looks at Cole and he's like, wrap your legs around my velvet hips and strap your hands across my engine! <laughs> he's just like, alright. <laughs> or just say to Michael Cole, like, you know, baby, we were born to run. <laughs> oh, 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 I'm on fire. <laughs> Pat McAfee also, I, I just, we didn't, we, well, we didn't get a chance to talk about it because it didn't happen, I don't think. Or I, I didn't notice it, but uh, kudos to him. Uh, he was in Minnesota uh, last week for SmackDown, the home of one of his favorite wrestlers, and he said a huge influence of him when he was doing the whole wrestling thing, Mr. Perfect, and perfectly did that little pen thing while the camera was on him, exactly like. Mr. Perfect would do it back in the day. And uh, I like that. I, I like Pat McAfee. I, I like that. Obviously, he came from the world of football, but he loves and appreciates wrestling. And he does a damn good job of commentary. I just want to see him back in the ring at some point. That's all I'm saying. The same. Maybe that's what Vince was talking about. He's like, hey, maybe we get that feud going with you and Pat on SmackDown. But, uh, yeah. Um, AEW. Stuff I liked. Ending. I'm just going to go right to it. Cody got to figure out a better way to transition from uh, I have to go do my show with Brandy and finish that and then also do the big show show or whatever the fuck it is um, with Rosario Dawson and Snoop Dogg. Um, Because this is two years in a row. This one even more dramatic and I just... There's no fucking way in my head, especially the way that they presented it, did I think that Cody was going to quit at all. So to throw that out there. So, yeah, if if you're saying that, that would be awesome. I would love to see if Adam Cole's going to come to the main roster, get on SmackDown and him and Pat McAfee go at it again. I'm definitely down for that. But I guess it, it switches, though, Chris, because... Pat's got to be a baby face. I don't think he can go back to being a heel unless he does. I mean, he is honestly someone I'm surprised AEW didn't put a fucking number on his ass uh, because he just picked it up so well. And, uh, you know, he's, 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 he was one of the better people on the mic that time period when he was wrestling Adam Cole. He really was. So anything that he does, I love the, the little nod to Mr. Perfect. I love that, you know, 
like I said, he came from the football world and he cares about wrestling. But uh, yeah, good shit. Yeah, I mean, isn't he supposed to be a heel announcer? It's just not. <laughs> People just aren't accepting that into their lives. <laughs> when you when you have John Cena's come out and Michael Cole goes, "There's John Cena," and he goes, "Where?" <laughs> like you know, playing into the you can't see me thing. Like my God, he's just brilliant. So I don't know if he is a heel. Uh, I I loved his like cowboy outfit. Like <laughs> it's like three or four weeks ago. I remember that. <laughs> I thought yeah. it was very funny that when he helped Sasha Banks up on the uh, table, he like so his her ass wasn't right in his face. He like moved like twenty feet. It's like yeah, I'm not getting fucking caught for this shit. If it was Jerry the King Lawler, he would not have moved, and he would have had a smile on his face the whole entire time. <laughs> there was a lot of uh, awkward situations with female wrestlers this week, because there's another one on uh, on AEW with uh, is it Camille from NWA. <laughs> Holy fuck, man! I mean that visual. Let's let's and let's go. We'll just go into AEW. Love you, Pat McAfee. Um, but that visual of Layla Hirsch and Camille. That was like it looked like Kurt Angle on the Big Show. Yeah, I I liked it. Like Jr. and Tony Schiavone was not trying to catch a charge. Like on the announcements, they're shutting the fuck up. I'm not gonna say a goddamn thing. <laughs> yeah, they were just like they were, but they were supposed to be pointing out like the size and stature, and they were trying to do it in the most PC way possible. But like she's wearing like tight leather, six inch heels. Um, yeah, it was rough. <laughs> Let's just say that. I, I kind of felt for Jr. and uh, Tony Schiavone as as a uh, fellow fellow heterosexual. <laughs> trying to yeah, Jesus. What was going on there? But as much as I like that, and I really do like Layla Hirsch, I think she's awesome, and I'm glad that she's got a chance at the NWA title. This made me want to stare down with Camille and Jay Cargill even more. It, maybe that's where they're going, though. Right. I hope so. I hope so, because that would be that would be a fun face-off, man. And they're both I, well. Jade's got improvement, but all, everything that we've seen, she's pretty damn good, and she's also good at feeding off the audience. And Camille has gotten way fucking better. Oh yeah, hundred percent. And uh, unfortunately, my nieces are fans of the bunny. They're into the gimmick. Uh, so they were not very happy <laughs> about any of that. Have you explained to your nieces that they might like the bad guys more so than the good guys? <laughs> Is the bunny a bad guy? I don't know. <laughs> she freaks Tony out, man. He's always making fucking comments about it. Like, oh, she's she's crazy. Like, okay, she Tony, wears, chill out. She, she wears a bunny mask. <laughs> Insane. By, by the way, if Tony keeps on having to do every goddamn interview and running back and forth... I think he's going to lose some weight, so I'm happy for him. <laughs> yeah, poor Tony. <laughs> All right, what, what 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 big things happen on this show? All right, is it just me? And I'm not going to get on Chris Jericho because I think that he did get a little bit blown up with him and Hoovy. I think Hoovy got a little bit blown up, honestly. But it was still fun. I don't know what the fuck. I guess they turned it into a bulldog, but it looked like Juventud Guerrero was going off the top ropes to the outside and was trying to do what he used to do back in the day, which was catch him in a hurricane Rana and it just didn't work out that way. But are the trials way the fuck out of order? Like, I know that we don't know who the referee is. They corrected that even though JR miss, miss, uh, you know, sp- 
spoke. So we don't know who MJF's um, referee is going to be. Maybe it's Lance Storm, for instance. I have no idea. He made it seem like it's someone as as evil as him. Uh, if it's Tully Blanchard, that's going to be completely boring as fuck. Please don't do that. But you're going to tell me that he goes against Sean Spears. Good opening. Sean's got a window to be able to use chairs. And the second one, he makes him go against Nick Cage and then Hooventude. Like, to me, it seems like it should have been Hoovy's the second one. It's from his past. He's got to do a f- more fast, high-performance match. And then Wardlow and then Nick Gage, or at least Nick Gage is the third one. Like, after you get completely bombed, who the fuck cares about, you know, going through a sp- sprinkler? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, uh, I don't know. It is one of those weird situations where, like, you like Mortal Kombat 2, for instance, like, or Mortal Kombat, you beat Goro, and then you, like, that's a harder fight than the main boss kind of thing, you know? Like, it is weird that that's how they laid it out. Uh, you have to win the match by jumping off the top rope versus, like, Nick Gage is going to hit you with light tubes. <laughs> it's, it, it's a bit weird, for sure, as far as the ordering of how this stuff works. Like... When 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 MJF was talking to Chris Jericho last week, Jericho was like bleeding out basically, like he's like I'm dying right here. Like I don't give a fuck about it. Who's Hooven to Guerrero? Like Jesus. <laughs> I like that Nick Gage took way better care of Jericho than he did Matt Cardona though. <laughs> yeah, of course he is though. He's got to make sure that he doesn't fuck up Chris Jericho. Um, Jesus. <laughs> but that I mean, was a like, brutal match. Yeah, if you watch the aftermath of both of those things, like Jericho was fine. Matt Cardona's like bleeding in bed, like dying basically. Uh, Chelsea Green on Twitter was with those photos was was pretty brutal. It, not anything against Nick Gage or anything, but babyface Nick Gage. Um, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it is just weird that you're like that's the the <laughs> the levels of things. You're going to fight Sean Spears with a chair. And you're like, okay, all right. That's not that bad. Nick Gage. <laughs> and they're like, now you got to fight Juventude Guerrero. <laughs> and and uh, your last person is David Arquette. What? <laughs> uh, special guest referee, Eric Bischoff. Calling it all now. Right. So a lot of special guests were called out for either next week or future stuff. So let's go over a little bit of that. That was one of them. Who do you think the special guest referee is going to be? Cause MJF may, he's going to be at ringside, but he's, he made it seem like it's someone, you know, like him basically a piece of shit. Yeah. Eric Bischoff. <laughs> oh, that would be fun. I mean, in the lineage of Jericho, Eric Bischoff is not necessarily a babyface, right? No, they they have this on and off again. Fun shit. Uh, yeah, that would be great. I don't know, man. I mean, because they've been Lance Storm are actually friends and former tag partners. Like uh, Lance Storm. And Lance is not, not a, a dick. Yeah. Like he literally he did his whole shtick for himself, but he was saying that that this person is going to be like that. So I don't know. Um, like I said, it'll be really boring if it's Tully Blanchard. I mean, like, it was that's... really boring that it was Juventud Guerrero and not Lance Storm. Or... <laughs> you you don't think... You, if, if there's already been 
talks, you don't think they're going to fucking just throw Ric Flair in this role, right? No, you you save him for when Cody comes back. I, I feel like that's where they're going with Rick. Yeah. And then, all right, so then we had Andrade and the Lucha Bros go back and forth. They told him to fuck off. And basically Andrade, or I think it was Alex, or maybe it was Chavo. It was Chavo. Chavo made word that if they're not going to work for him, he's going to find someone else. Is that someone that already is wrestling there? Or could this be a situation where, you know, like I suggested in the past, maybe Roosh and uh, Dragon Lee show up for like, I don't know, a fucking three on three for the pay-per-view and then they're gone or something. Or do you think it's someone in the company? It's just all of LIJ. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I, I, I think Naito. They, yeah, Naito. That's that's who it is. Um that would be fucking incredible, but with everything going in Japan, obviously that's uh, probably not going to happen. But yeah, no, I could see that. Um, yeah, I, I think you picked out two two great people for that one, Chavo. Well, it's like you know, like I said, Roosh was in the original with him. Dragon Lee's Roosh's brother. They have history. That's the only reason I kind of go that way. Um. But then their Ring of Honor signed. I don't even know. So it's it's complicated. But I'm pretty sure both guys are going to be at Triple Mania. That's happening soon. I know the Lucha Bros are going to be there. So maybe they're setting up a tag team itself. I don't know. Just do you, my. Do you, uh, do you do problem powerful? Good. Conan. Well, I, I think Conan would tell him to fuck off. Because apparently Conan's going to be on as their manager like long term now. I think you would tell Chavo to go fuck himself. I feel like they fucking missed the boat with the the manager choice for Andrade, if that's the case. But I don't know. Maybe Ric Flair shows up and puts Chavo in a figure four. Who the hell knows? The the weird part about that is uh, the bastard pack. Where does he fit into this? He's just a thought. I guess they're just going to – so it seems like, yeah, they don't like Pac. They think that he's holding down the Lucha Bros. They're telling him to fuck off. So maybe, like I said, I guess that all out maybe, or maybe it's going to be one of the rampages. It'll be the three death triangle against Andrade and two people of his choosing. And maybe they'll just be like a one-time thing. So that's where I, eh, Rush could come in. They could, they could set this up at triple mania, you know? Do you remember what, it wasn't that long ago that the bastard pack was supposed to be fighting hangman on a page for the title. Yep. <laughs> like, it's just weird. I mean, he had that banger of a match with Kenny Omega, and I don't, I don't know, man. Is is there something with that guy? I think that the pandemic kind of killed his momentum because we didn't see him for however long, and he couldn't wrestle over there. So he just gave those weird vignettes of in black and white of him on this stone fucking um, stairs downtown London. That was about it. But he's obviously, to me, one of their best overall people. Great on the mic, great in the ring, great fucking gimmick, everything, you know? Yeah, the only reason I brought it up is because he kind of unceremoniously left WWE and then had that weird six-month period where he knew he was going to be fighting in a title match but had a title and couldn't sign some kind of weird deal. Or wrestling Noah. And then was gone for a while and then kind of came back and it's not 
been heavily prevalent on the shows. I, I'm kind of wondering if maybe this is a a a guy thing. <laughs> like I don't know. It's it's just it's just kind of weird because they uh, he me, did just have a title match even though no one thought anything of him because of Orange Cassidy. That three way was Pac, Orange Cassidy and Kenny. So I think they're still keeping him. You know what I'm I, and you're probably gonna disagree with me. With all the fucking factions and three-man groups, I think they need a three-way title. Uh, a tr- or a three-man tag title, honestly. If there was going to be a company to do it, I think AEW would be able to pull it off just because they have their factions built out well and they have the talent to do it. But I hate it. I, what'll happen is they'll it'll start off strong and then it'll just fall off a fucking cliff. No one ever puts right. that shit right. Would you rather, and Jesus Christ, New Japan has both options. New, New Japan has the most titles. I don't know. WWE has a lot of titles as well. But they have a lot of uh, things. Would you rather a three-man tag title or them do some, some maybe like have their world title is their world title, but have a uh, late light heavyweight title division? Well, I mean, aren't they going to have two sets of TV titles when they start Rampage? No, they're they're changing. I think they're changing it so it doesn't say T. I don't know. I have no. They're only going to have one um, because they're going to always be on TBS. But I don't know what they're doing with the TNT name. I oh, keep, dude, I like that they have three sets of belts or four if you include the women's division. I like that because it makes the titles more prestigious. As soon as you start putting in titles that don't matter, then you end up with like the European championship. Hey, you, you don't know, say like... anything bad about that championship. It was, it was ran by British Bulldog and D'Lo Brown. <laughs> I, hey, they had some good fucking matches for the European title. I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying that they were bad workers. I'm just saying no hey. one looks back fondly on the European title. Hey, remember when Shawn Michaels was a dick and told uh, British Bulldog that if they were going to have a title match, he had to put his title on the line? And British Bulldog obviously knew that Shawn was going to win, so Shawn just got both of them. And <laughs> and I think they were in England where he won it. Yeah, well, I mean, that makes sense. Shawn's always peeing, so European champ. He is always peeing on people He's sometimes. He's taking, taking a piss. And if, if you're Jake the Snake Roberts, you drink your own piss. I was I was more going for the joke. Are, are you taking a piss kind of kind of thing? You went there with the R. Kelly. It's it's hard to come back. God. All right. Um. Anything else from AEW? Oh no no no. That's right. There was two more. So Britt Baker said that she needs some more help at the ring because obviously Reba's destroyed. Uh, this now this time for real. So she's bringing in. What? I forgot her wording. She's bringing some a uh, big amount of help or something like that. Is is does this mean Awesome Kong's coming back? Because I can't think of anyone that would be that great of a bodyguard, especially against you know Nyla. Besides, or not Awesome Kong. Um, I meant oh, fuck with that. No, 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 Awesome Kong. Yeah, yeah, Karma, it's Karma. Um, I don't know who else would be. Who's a monster that would help out Britt Baker? Jake Cargill? Jordan Grace? Ooh. 
like that idea. Uh, Aja Kong, Awesome Kong, Jordan Grace would be my three picks. Aja Kong would be hilarious because yeah. like Britt could just yell at her and then she could say something back in Japanese. And just swat at her? <laughs> yeah, like that that would be good. I mean, I guess it just depends on what, what they're going for. I don't know that Britt Baker needs an enforcer. I know they're trying to make her heal, but she's fucking over. It's Dude, she's done. over. Yeah, it's, it's not, not going to happen. It's, you can't rewind. You can... It. You can... It's kind of like Becky. It was just there was no way we were gonna fucking boof her, so she kind of did some Austinisms and still kept her her aggressiveness. But with Britt Baker, I get more of a rock vibe where she can lay it in, but not at the audience. Still be who she is, but not have to like whenever she makes a comment at the audience, I'm like, oh, give me a fucking break. She's a baby face. Whenever she does anything heelish, I'm like, this is stupid. She's supposed to be a baby face that has an edge to her. That's it. All right, we'll get into this uh, coming up, but there's only like there's not very many heels in this company because every like all of the AEW fans that are in the arena love everyone. Uh, <laughs> like there's not any fight forever. Makes... Clap, 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 clap. Fight forever. Ugh. Yeah. So I mean, you can say what you will about WWE, but you know people don't like Roman Reigns, whether it's for their own personal reasons or whether it's because he's a heel. But uh, there's, there's something to be said about uh, having a, a great heel and, and Britt Baker, them trying to push her as this character. Like she insults the fans they cheer for it. It's the rock. Like you can't once, you, once you've hit a certain pinnacle of your heel face tweener mode, there's no, there's not any coming back. Like, she was over as soon as they put her with Tony Schiavone in the fans' eyes, and and I don't know that there's any going back from that. Like she would have to murder someone, like uh, she'd have to kill Rio, and well, I don't even know if that would do it. It was someone that people AEW. <laughs> she would have to kill Thunder Rosa and end her career or something to become a heel, right now. <laughs> like that's that's where we're at with Britt baker she's just she's super over just run with it and stop trying to she doesn't need a bodyguard it's not gonna work but uh if you're gonna do it at least make it funny and bring in Aja kong that'd be fucking pretty pretty funny yeah i, I like all those ideas i like awesome kong too just because just like Aja kong they wouldn't really listen to her but she would like try to bitch at him and they would just give her a side eye and she'd be like okay never mind Reva, go yell at her. I mean, the thing about having a bodyguard is you eventually want that match. And I don't know that Awesome Kong is ever going to be able to wrestle again, unfortunately. So at least with Aja, you could maybe get the match. Or someone like Jordan Grace, you could definitely get the match, which would be a fucking great match. Okay, so the last person that made mention that they're going to be coming in next week pissed off at Lance Archer for hurting him. And one of the best heel fucking Mike people, Dan Lambert, I I just love it. It's it's very much like a Pat McAfee thing. He is known for, you know, breeding some of the best fucking fighters in UFC, but he loves pro wrestling. And, uh, you know, just saying that he's going to show up next week uh with someone to i don't know if it's going to challenge or just get in the face of lance archer but i have no idea who the fuck it's going to be his only person that he represented both mma and wrestling was bobby lashley and well i don't expect 
Jorge uh, Masvidal or Nunez to be there because they watched him get his ass kicked beforehand. So which person really makes sense that has a little bit of a, you know, that would make sense for a wrestling situation. I'm, I love D- Dustin Poirier, but I don't expect him to fucking be entertaining. Maybe Ty, uh, Tyron Woodley. You know, I'm just looking through the guys, Robbie Lawler, uh, Andre Arlowski. Maybe it's someone that we're not even thinking of. Maybe it's going to be Moose, even though they used to have a rivalry. But Dan Lambert's bringing someone, and we're probably going to have a face-to-face next week with the New Japan U.S. champion, Lance Archer. Do you have any ideas of who this could be? Who's that guy at the last pay-per-view that was drinking out of a shoe? Tua? <laughs> Tua Vasa? <laughs> shoe man. Yeah. <laughs> Bring him. <laughs> no, I I have no idea. I... I Moose would make sense, but he's going to lose to Lance Archer, and he just caught a couple losses, right, on Impact. He, he just lost to Kenny Omega. Do you want to do that if you're Impact? Um, I don't know. Maybe Nunez gets in there and just kicks the shit out of Lance Archer. Who was that guy that was with WWE for like a hot second? Um... Oh, God dang it. Why can't I remember? We talked about this last time. Did the same thing. Fedor? Oh. Um, no, you th- you said Fedor, and I was like, Fedor or Millianinko? Cain Velasquez. Oh, there you go. That's Maybe an interesting... So. I'm trying to think of like someone that's actually... I don't think it's a part of his camp, just because some of these guys are some of the biggest names in UFC. I don't, I don't expect them to be a part of this. Maybe Junior Dos Santos, but I don't see, think of him as like, get him behind the mic. Yeah. I guess if you have Dan Lambert, it doesn't matter. Yeah, and does it have to be part of his camp? Could it just be? No. Because you know they're just going to be like, they're MMA guys, so MMA You know who I wish it would be? Uh, Someone that almost got started in pro wrestling five years ago, but it just fell through. Uh, Chell Sonnen. That would be great. Good. I would be down for Chael or Kane uh, Velasquez makes a lot of sense just because of the AAA connection. Yep. I but don't think it's going to be I, Shamrock. It's Frank Shamrock. They're just going to cut promo. <laughs> what about uh, Dan the B Severn comes out of retirement? It's 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 GSP. <laughs> this is this. what's GSP also. Doing? Huge rest, pro wrestling fan. Um, grew up watching GS- it. GSP would be great if he was with, like, if you put <laughs> GSP, <laughs> Kevin Owens, and Sami Zayn in the tag how team. About, how about you get GSP? <laughs> oh, yeah, the French Canadians. Um, no, you get, like, you get Bret Hart to come out. He goes, hey, I got a new fighter um, for this place in AEW. So, uh,. <laughs> I'm going to introduce him now. He's uh, apparently was a fan of mine, fan of his. I think you guys might know him. His name is George St. Pierre. And then the people start going crazy. And Sorry, Brett, Brett comes off kind of monotone a lot of times. I loved, I loved that Brett Hart uh, documentary, but now every time I you start doing the Brett Hart thing, I can only think about a bear licking Brett Hart's feet and the kiss my you just foot put match. honey on him. just put honey on him and, uh, you know... Uh, you just let the uh, it drip down to the bear's mouth, and uh, he uh, licks my feet. And, uh, so we did it. My dad uh, would 
take a spatula and uh, get rid of cat shit and then uh, use it for the grill. Just such a weird fucking story because, like, he's like, we do that so that we didn't have to take a bath. And you're just like, does your mom only look at your feet to see if you're clean? Like, it's such a weird. I want to ask Brett about this. Can we get him on the show? So I only want to talk about the bear. I don't want to talk about the rest of his wrestling career. I just want to know about the bear that lived under his porch and like what kind of life that bear had. Um, What was his win loss record in the ring? (laughs) Can we just interview the bear is what I'm saying. I'm down. We'll interview the bear. But uh, yeah, that was all the, there's some mystery people. I think these are all going to be, either special guests or like one-offs or something like that. But interesting. They're throwing this shit out there. Do you, do you want to talk about the main event and go home? Or is there anything else from uh, dynamite that you want to go over? No, we can talk. We just talk about the main event and go home. I, I will say that this, this was a really good show. I liked it better than NXT and uh, yep. AEW has been on a bit of a run as far as quality of show. This was a fun show. This show was fun. But I will say that the one last week I thought was fucking phenomenal. So that's maybe – and I think the ending kind of just made me roll my eyes a bit. So, But I did have a lot of fun with this. Uh, I still don't know. I guess we could talk about this too. Who the fuck Kenny's going against? If they're going to try to push in one of these names that are signed to the company that are coming in, like a Daniel Bryan or CM Punk, to make it a bigger marquee, or if it's going to be Adam Page, or if it's going to be Christian. So it's it's fucking up in the air with that. I know, like all of us know, Mega Championship is on the line um, against Andrade in about two weeks. At the end of that month, he has the Impact Championship on the line. So I don't know. It's, uh, it's crazy. I mean, hopefully it's just against Hangman. That would... That would be my guess. If they're if they're bringing in Punk, I'm assuming they're gonna try to. I don't know. Maybe it is Punk. Who the hell? It's, but then Punk has to win the title right off the rip. Do you, is that what you want to do? No, that's actually gonna make me not like him. Yeah. So I I'm assuming that it's gonna be against Hangman. Um. But I who knows? I mean, he could drop the title against Andrade and then wrestle Andrade. Um. At all all out or whatever. I was actually hoping that Christian was going to build up some more stuff with uh, Jungle Boy and then maybe get pissed off at him and fuck him over and they would have had a match because I like Christian more as a heel. I thought they were going that direction. doesn't seem like it. Do you know how pissed that AEW fans would be if he beats Kenny Omega for the title? <laughs> that might be a that good better call, not happen. <laughs> If Christian Cage wins the, the AEW championship... If that's the first title to fall via Christian Cage, that would get him some fucking heat for sure. Yeah, maybe just keep him heel against Jungle Boy. No title involved. Um, I don't know. But uh, yeah, let's talk about this Malachi Black Cody thing. I liked Malachi's look. And I told you it reminded me in a similarity to Muda, how he had those gowns with the mask, very much Japanese culture and mythology well you have a similar aspect in a way because you know uh alistair malachi whatever the fuck you want to call him he's from the netherlands so they've got that celtic but also pagan concept and he had like i don't know what the fuck was it a skull with antlers and shit 
looked cool as hell. Production-wise, kind of let down. I don't know why you just had a side shot for him coming down like that. I would have a lot more close-ups. Maybe I'm just more akin to how good his entrance was in WWE. I'm sure they'll work on that. But this match was like, what, seven fucking minutes? Like, Cody got his ass kicked. Cody got his ass kicked. Black Mass, done. That table spot was really awesome where um, Alistair gave him – it's going to be hard for me not to say Alistair – gave him the high knee while he was on top of the top ropes, and he went back in the timekeeper's table. Pretty good sequence. Barely got in the ring. Then get up, Black Mass, one, two, three, and that's it. And, you know, Malachi goes back in the back. Cody's all emotional, and Tony has to run down there, get an interview with him, and – it's where I was talking about, like, Cody's, like, you know, talking about wrestling and and how there's been rumors about him and the EVPs, but he loves those guys because they did something and building up all this. And then he starts taking off one of his boots, signifying that he's going to retire. Now that's been, you know, less and less. Um, Now it's it's like the fucking, like, the, the X. It's like now you don't know if it's real or not anymore because... That's just how it is. But anyways, before he could do that, there was a crutch that they gave him. He got up by himself because he's Cody. And Malachi takes the crutch, bashes it over his back, and we go off the air. And uh, we all know Cody's, a lot of us at least, know that he's going to finish up filming his Ms. and Mrs. show that he's doing with Brandy. He just had a baby, and he's also about to start filming the big show, which is the show that he does with Rosario Dawson and Snoop Dogg. But now it's going to be in front of an audience, unlike last year due to the pandemic. So it's a variety show type of thing, like America's Most Talent. We know that he is the go-to guy for all this type of stuff. And he takes that very seriously. He waves the AW flag. But to me, we've got to figure out a better way to have him part. How about just don't associate him out of nowhere when you're not using him that much and just let him fucking go and do that. And then it's not that weird because last time Brody Lee, this time Malachi black, it's like, all right, seems kind of lazy. And it seems like they just left it so he can go film all of his shit and then come back, attack Malachi and then do the fucking match in September at all out. So that was my biggest issue. I don't know. Just thought it was kind of, they need to be more creative. I'm going to go over what I wish happened, and I know that you know what it is because I told you, Um, but how did you like the match, the ending, the way they went about it? Malachi looked great. Cody looked like a chump. I'm going to talk about the big show for a second. You ready for this? What if instead of Cody Rhodes, it was Eddie Kingston? I would love that. Eddie Kingston and Snoop Dogg? I'm I'm more down for that than Cody Rhodes and and Snoop Dogg. <laughs> and also that means you could use I don't know the biggest baby face you have on your roster to wrestle in the company you're trying to get off the ground. But uh, no, I, all kidding aside, I I liked this match for what it was. I mean, it was a squash. It was to put uh, Tommy and uh, Alistair, which by the way, he should just go by fucking Alistair because WWE can't copyright a single name. You can't copyright like Dane. I can't go like I own Dane now. So you can't use that. 
You uh, don't own me. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Like, you should just go buy fucking Alistair. That have been the difference. It should have been Alistair End. Alistair End's way better than fucking Malachi Black. Which, that came from our show, so we copyrighted that. So if he ever wants to use that, he's going to have to pay us. I'm actually going to go buy Alistair End. That's my new wrestling name. <laughs> I like it. Chris um, is my uh, um, Chris is my uh, um, manager, and his name's going to be Peeping Tom Bradley. Only if you say "shut up, fat boy" to me all the time, <laughs> like Ric Flair. I'm the big guy out of the two of us. What are you talking about? I can't. That doesn't make any sense. Uh, doesn't that make it even better? <laughs> Makes it kind of sexy. Yeah, you can be beautiful, Dane Alves. <laughs> Uh, no, no. All joking aside, I like this match. I thought it was a really good, like, squash for trying to get Malachi over for what they're they're going for. But like, who the hell is he killing next? It's got it's got to be Lance Archer, right? Because you can't throw him directly uh-huh. in the title picture with Kenny Omega. People are gonna be like, yawn. I mean, unless you're gonna do him and CM Punk, he's he's got to be Oof. running. He, he needs to be on fucking rails after the way you just booked him against uh, Cody. So I'm assuming it's Lance Archer and then maybe Miro. Maybe he collects two titles of his own and then and then challenges uh, Omega down the line or something. Because you just had him kill <laughs> Cody Rhodes in the center of the ring. The table spot was great. I love that they didn't take any time to like bullshit set it up and take forever it just happened out of nowhere it was a good spot i love cody selling that he got knocked out and maybe was concussed uh <laughs> tony shivani was great the, the the promo cody cut was really good leading to the boot spot and i love that uh instead of him getting to do the thing he just got his ass beat again so as far as getting someone over or getting trying to get heat on a guy i feel like they pulled that off the problem is once again I think people feel sympathetic for Malachi Black because he he was in a closet for two years. So I don't know what that does for you. You're going to have to have him and, beat somebody. And I have to say that for people, and it has been happening more and more. He's been getting like almost the Cena effect. There are people that are AEW fans that are not that big of a fan of Cody. I don't think doing this, jumping off, pretending that you're retiring – you know, jumping off to do your shows so you can come right back and be EVP again is going to make people happy, especially when you did this literally last year. You're you're not wrong, but maybe that's going to work out in his favor if he comes back as a heel with Ric Flair and screws over Arn, like beats the shit out of Arn or something. That I mean, that could work in his favor to some extent if he's going to come back as a heel. Because the one thing that I'll say about this company is they're starved for real bad guys yeah i mean outside of mjf there's not really someone i consider a heel on this roster that's why i know guys i know people think i'm crazy but i think punk needs to come in as a heel yeah but he can't because you see him punk and people are just going to be so hyped unless he does the jericho thing does he come in with a light-up jacket and just not say anything for two minutes trolls everybody (laughs) that's an idea yeah, Jericho's, bring, and also people like Christian player. and Jericho are better heels than baby faces. I would rather, this might sound crazy, I would rather Jericho or fucking Christian as a heel than Matt Hardy. 
She's not doing anything for me as a heel. He's way better as a baby face. Yeah, I I agree. I don't know. Matt, it's weird. Matt, my heart, big money Matt's fine for the role they want him to play, though. It's an afterthought, though. I mean, that's a low-card thing. It is. I don't know. But they're expanding. They're getting bigger. They're getting more television. I'm very happy with AEW. I guess maybe I put it in my head, but, like, Sometimes these magical moments happen where what you're thinking of just happens and it didn't happen. Instead, Malachi hit him in the head with a fucking, uh, um, whatchamacallit, a, uh, what are those things? Crutch. Yeah, those words. Um, I mean, but it you, really. Did you think he was going to retire, though? Because, I mean. No, no. I, I thought, because he could have if he wanted to, he was not on a contract anymore at all. I was hoping that Ric Flair, without his music or anything like that, would have just came over with a mic like, get your ass up. He's like, are you kidding me, Cody? He's like, I haven't seen you in years, but your father was Dusty Rhodes. I used to battle him all the time, and you're going to give up for what? And just put his ass in perspective and start a transition where it's a heel run. Like you said, Rick gets him to uh, fucking turn on. Um, but I guess they can still do that later, but it would have been, even if Cody's gone for the next couple of weeks, you have Ric Flair come out with that pep talk leaving that episode. And then when when he comes back, Rick's right at his fucking, you know, right on his back or something. Yeah, I, I mean, but to be fair to them, they didn't know Rick was going to get released right before Wednesday. It's a good point. You know, and, and even when that happened, he, there's probably some sort of non-compete even tied to those legend contracts because he had paid appearances also. It wasn't like your standard legend contract because they were using him in that Lacey uh, Evans stuff before she yeah. was Preggers. Uh, with his which, baby. Yeah, with, with Ric Flair's baby, which is the one guy you don't want in that storyline because it's believable. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> kind of strut. Uh, no, I, all joking aside, but I, there's probably something to that. But if you're saying, you know, three months from now, Cody loses again and uh, Rick shows up and just chops the shit out of Arn Anderson. And he's like, you want to you want to be the best. You got to got to work with the best or, or whatever. You be the man. You got to beat the man. He starts strutting around ring elbow dropping shit or it'll be hype. <laughs> I just don't know that people are going to. It would be great to have the heel Cody with Rick. I just don't know that people are going to treat Rick Flair as a heel. Unless he beats the hell out of Arn Anderson. Maybe maybe that'll turn the fans. It would turn me. I'd be, God damn it, Rick. Why would you do that to Arn? <laughs> oh, yeah. And if he starts, if he does that and starts cutting promos on people, they'll go along with it because people love Rick Flair. And that audience, they do what you, they want, what you want them to do. So I feel like because it's Ric Flair, they'll they'll boo him if he wants to be booed. Except boo the elite, <laughs> which is their main storyline. Pretty much. Well, okay. All right. Well, anyways, I liked the main event. I thought it was really good. I could get why people wouldn't necessarily like it. But if the idea was to put Malachi over, I'm assuming he's demolishing Lance Archer and then probably Miro next. 
would be my guess, or Darby or someone. He's going to be taking people out, and then you either do him and Cody again, or you wait until the the Fiend shows up, which I think is inevitable, because I don't see him going to New Japan or Impact. That's crazy. You said the Fiend, right? Mm-hmm. Alistair so, versus Bray. And the thing is, you need to space him out for a while, but that needs to inevitably be the big match because you have like a – if he goes in the Fiend direction, you have like a Taker-Kane situation almost. The silent one that's evil and weird versus this stoic-natured uh, dark guy. But, I mean, like I said, he's up the day before Halloween. Halloween's on a Sunday. Do you think that they try to, if they have the Fiend signed, do they coordinate and have one of their, well, it's not called Clash of Champions, one of their special TNT events and see if they can have it on Halloween? And just, I think I asked you this last time, and then have him show up there, or at least maybe be in the background, like taking out Michael Nakazawa and dragging his ass off, or what the hell is going on over here, like all this weird shit, and then maybe he makes his full reveal the next show or something. Well, I mean, based on what they did with Malachi, could he couldn't he just demolish Lance Archer or Miro, and then that's when Bray shows up? That's an that's an interesting concept. In I some think, sort of vignette, I I don't want him associated with the Dark Order. That's the only thing. No, I wish everyone would stop suggesting that. I don't want Malachi as the leader of the Dark Order. I don't want fucking Bray. It worked out really well for Brody Lee. And now they're super baby face. I don't think they're ever going to be heels again. I don't think people want them. And I think that they're most of them are too low rent to have fucking Brayer or Malachi to be the leader of. I'm sorry. Like outside of Johnny Hungy and five, those are the only two I see really doing tremendous stuff in singles when they're out of the dark order. You just said Johnny Hungy and five, which sums up what their career is going to be. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's what I'm t- talking about. Um, but Hey, what if, what if seven comes back under Bray's tutelage? Seven comes back and it's Dustin. And oh God, I don't think he wants to do that. He had to like looking kids windows and shit. The yeah. fuck was wrong with WCW? <laughs> it's, that had to have been a Russo thing. I'm going to blame it on him. Well, it was. And then also, like, <laughs> he was like, oh, you don't like that? You should go in the ring and cut a promo about it. <laughs> what? <laughs> and Just give someone pissed off a show. live mic. And <laughs> <sighs> <laughs> they never followed up on it. Oh, God damn. WCW got so bad so quickly. <laughs> So bad, so quickly. I remember arguing with my friends. I'd be like, it's still good. And they're like, no, it's not. <laughs> I mean, WWE got really bad really quickly, too. It was just that it was overshadowed by how bad WCW God. Although that that grace period with the invasion bullshit, that like 2001, 2002 almost killed it for me. Before the ruthless aggression really started hitting it and SmackDown became a really great wrestling show to watch 2003, 2004. Like as soon as the, the, that WC, if Stone Cold and Kurt Henning or Kurt Angle weren't so fucking funny, that shit sucked. It was terrible. (laughs) Yeah. It's mostly just Stone Cold was still super over. (laughs) That was pretty much it. 
Jimmy Crackhorn and I don't care. I got <laughs> Olympic gold. Got Olympic gold. Shut up. Shut up. Or that one where Austin didn't tell Taker he was trying to make him pop, where uh, Vince is like giving the pep talk and he keeps on finishing whatever Vince says and looking right at like Taker in his face, like we're gonna beat all of them. And Taker's kind of like, what are you doing? Sorry. <laughs> Austin. Austin's funny, man. He did that pretty well. I love Kurt with a little tiny cowboy hat. That's all I can think of. Hey guys. <laughs> looks pretty awesome doesn't it I, I that's what people forget kurt kurt was this awesome monster you know badass olympic wrestler but for the first couple of years his comedy the stuff between edge and christian triple h everything with him was fucking hilarious yeah, he seems like a like he would be a real fun person to take to like an outback and just have him just have like a natural conversation with like not even outside of wrestling just talking. Can about we get wrestling. a blooming onion? All right. <laughs> yeah, like it, it just seems like it would be a good time, you know. Uh, but yeah, Here, like, uh, we'll, we'll we'll end the conversation with a Kurt Angle question. Gable Stevenson. Now he's already shown stuff with NXT, but I don't even know what the fuck dumpster fire that's turning into. But WWE definitely likes him. But maybe he gets offers from different places. I think we would know the two top places would be, uh, especially now that he's got Olympic gold. Regardless, if he's not the best on the mic yet, do you get Kurt Angle to be his mouthpiece and fucking maybe have him go the more intense route as a manager? I don't know. I just put a tiny cowboy hat on him. <laughs> no, I had I'm I had all that built up, and you brought up the fucking tiny cowboy hat. Uh, no, I if you wanted to do that, you definitely could. I mean, it would make a lot of sense if you want to. Because uh, Kurt Angle can be super intense and be a heel manager. He's done it in the past. He did an impact. He's he's been a great heel. He was a great heel in WWE for years. So, if you wanted to go that route, you definitely could. I don't know that you want to do that because then people are gonna you're still coming off of kurt angle's son oh angle. god um and the fact that they didn't use chad cable properly and like all of that was disastrous so i don't know if you want to do that as wwe maybe somewhere else it would work really well i don't know but i would love I it if kurt angle had his own like Dan Lambert camp, but it wasn't real or anything like that. And he brought them from like AEW to ring of honor and shit like that in Japan. And like Chad Gable would go to it immediately after his contract's done. You got Gable Stevenson and Layla Hirsch, maybe, you know, and just like Kurt Angle, just like, I'm not saying give him any fucking painkillers, but like slap him around a little bit and make him take a shot before he goes out. Just get that intensity. It's one of the eyes, right? Yeah, that is true. It is one of the eyes. Gable Stevenson, he signed to NXT though, right? His brother is a part of developmental. He has not signed. He couldn't make any of those commitments until after the Olympics. So now he can, and he's a huge WWE. He, like I said, on his Olympic profile, Chris, his three, and two of them make sense, but his third one, his three biggest wrestling influences. That was the that was the part of it. He put Kurt Angle, Brock Lesnar, and Stone Cold Steve Austin. <laughs> Fucking love that. And under his uh, his um, his uh, what the hell um, 
his uh, hobbies was watching WWE. So I think he wants to go to WWE. Yeah, I mean, there is something special about going to WWE. I, I know the AEW. And is- especially if you got the praise of Brock Lesnar, Kurt Angle, and all those guys, like, Brock is really high on this guy. I mean, I guess you have to be if you broke all your records at your college. I mean, because I mean, even, like, Okada and Tanahashi have talked about how great it would be to work at WrestleMania. They like, should. It's, there, is, there is something to be said about being WWE and what WrestleMania is and what it means. Um, Could you imagine if, like, I don't know, they got the fuck over themselves and let Daniel Bryan go to Japan and they could have, like, had a Okada-Daniel Bryan match <laughs> at Wrestle Kingdom and a follow-up one at fucking WrestleMania, you know? But whatever. Yeah. yeah. yeah well, we'll let you go. Hey, then. hey, CM Punk. Oh, no, well, CM Punk, that was already over. But, hey, Daniel Bryan, Bray Wyatt, you guys have actually kind of tickled the mainstream, nowhere near to people in the past, but... They kind of know you through things. We're going to let you both go. And and they're getting CM Punk, too. Okay, that makes a lot of fucking sense. <sighs> God damn it. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it was a money thing with Daniel Bryan. If they're not, if they're not paying him to pray, if they're not paying Braun his contract, then maybe they're you, like, yeah, we can't afford that one. Do you think he I turned mean, it down, and as soon as he left, Vince McMahon made John Laurinaitis like, call him to try to fire him? Like... <laughs> Hey kid, hi, 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 dad. Hey, well, kid, you know, uh, we're gonna have to let you go. Um, I just quit. I just, I. Nope, sorry, Vince said you're fired. Uh, okay, John, I'll see you tonight at the fucking family dinner. Tell Vince to go fuck himself, and that's what he did. Johnny Ace was probably like, "You should go to Japan. That's where I had the best years of my career. I was like the Kenny Omega back in the '90s." Poor bastard crushes lyrics and we make fun of it all the damn time. Well, shit happens. I mean, but it's an iconic voice, you know, like there's something to be positive about. I, he also had a great career in Japan, so I don't know that he would be the number one guy being like, you should not go to Japan. You know, Brian, he would probably be like, maybe go to Japan. Have that Okada match. Hey, Vince, like, what does it really matter? Like, just let him go now. God damn it. The real question. Daniel Bryan. The real question is, if he does go end up in Japan and has the Okada match, is he going to kill himself to get the eight stars from Meltzer? (laughs) No, I don't think so. I think that Daniel Bryan doesn't have that in his head. It's like Okada. I don't think both of those guys are not worried about star ratings. They're just going to be able to do something that's going to get that love just because of that fucking good. Well, I guarantee you Okada is going to be like, we're going to beat that star rating. <laughs> He's going to be carrying Brian's corpse. He's going to go for a nine star. He's going to be like, I told you guys, <laughs> this is the reason Guinea Omega is so good. It's me carrying Daniel Bryan around. You ever see that weird episode of Beyond? Uh, you ever watch Beyond Belief? Yes. Okay, so there's a weird episode with uh, Terry Funk and Ernest the Cat Miller where it's about a wrestler dying in the ring. It's fiction, but it's not fiction because it has happened. But, like, Terry Funk wrestles Ernest the Cat's body for, like, ten minutes. He doesn't know he's dead. He's supposed to retire, but he doesn't retire because Terry Funk. (laughs) 
it's it's a weird episode, but it's out there. So check out the Terry Funk episode of Beyond Belief. Hot takes. I'll have to check that out, or or I'll watch Roadhouse again. He was in Roadhouse, right? Yeah, he's in he's uh, Roadhouse, Paradise Alley, uh, other Terry Funk movies. He also has that Barbara Streisand's nose banger track that we've had on the show before. <laughs> Dude, I forgot about that. <laughs> uh, yeah, D. <dude>, Cherry Funk. <laughs> One of the greatest. Well, I think that is the episode, Chris. Yeah, unless you have something else you want to talk about. <laughs> no, I'm done. I'm actually done. That is all of wrestling. It was a little shorter episode. Probably not bad for both of our Saturdays. Um, but, yeah, guys, we do this uh, every week. Uh, usually on Saturdays and have it out usually by Sunday or Monday. So check out the show every week. Uh, Chris, you got anything going on? You want to plug anything? Um, whatever you want to do. Even if, if you want to plug your butt, that's fine too. Uh, (laughs) you know, I, we will have a recap of free agency for the NHL on skates, the throats this weekend at some point. So that'll be coming out probably Sunday or Monday as well. And, uh, hey, if you like Sylvester Stallone, I was recently on an episode of a Rambo recap uh, on Sly and the Guys, which is just a recap of Sylvester Stallone's entire career from start to finish, which is very interesting because it starts with a softcore porn. So I (laughs) recommend checking out all their episodes. Uh, But, yeah, that's pretty much it, man. Wrestling, uh, hockey, that's, that's my life. It's where I'm at now. Yeah. And and I I agree with that. I was kind of taken off a of guard. I, I just realized he passed it back to me. Anyways, you guys have a great one. If you want to talk to me, Dane Alves 42 on Twitter, Dane Alves on Facebook. Let's have a conversation. Um, I went to Southern Honor Wrestling last night. Pretty damn cool event over in Canton, Georgia. Uh, probably the biggest Georgia promotion um, when it comes to bringing guys to the forefront like Austin Theory and, and whatnot. Um, so they had a pretty good show and, uh, yeah, we'll have the show ready for you guys next week with a new episode. You can find us on pretty much any downloadable platform from Spotify to Stitcher to iTunes to SoundCloud. Just search wrestling geeks Alliance. Join us every week. You guys have a good one. Peace out and let the wrestling geeks Alliance be your friend. I'm going to figure out that ending at some point. Bye. Ah... <laughs> uh.